0: Welcome to Fixed Body Groups podcast. On our show, we speak about our lifestyle based approach for permanent change. My name is Dr. Sean Brobeck. Each week, we'll be helping you with better daily habits that will improve your health for a lifetime. We believe you must be proactive when it comes to taking care of yourself and others around you. Our current healthcare system is broken and we help you navigate your journey to health independence. And today I have Luke Dupron on. And Luke has, we worked together at one point and very, very uh, fortunate to call him friend. Uh, he's going to discuss today um, a bit of our healthcare crisis. We're going to talk about marketing versus healthcare information. Uh, weight loss is a big topic and we're gonna talk about myths and misconceptions of healthcare and, uh, what we may be doing to our body. That's, uh, creating a negative impact without, a, without us knowing. So welcome to the show, Luke, Luke Deprone. What's up? Welcome to Fix body groups podcast. Are we are we on? Are we live? We are on. It's a privilege, right. privilege to have you on. You ready to go?
1: Yeah, man.
0: Very excited to have you on. I'm sure this will spiral into many uh, wormholes, and uh, <laughs> we'll try to keep it on track. Uh, but, you know, I remember the last time I was on your podcast, Live Great Lifestyle, and how much fun we had uh, sitting in your living room, and we got into some really good discussions. Today, I want to help our listeners... Um, understand your theory and view and philosophy on health, health advice, marketing dollars compared to health advice dollars. (laughs) So, uh, you know, let's start with, uh, what's your title nowadays? What are you going by?
1: So I am a men's fitness and performance coach. Um, Although I'll I'll throw the caveat for everybody listening to this. The advice, whether for men or women, it's pretty much all the same. (laughs)
0: Got it. And I think that's Certainly true when it comes down. I mean, I think we would probably navigate hormones differently, but when it comes down to your lifestyle choices, absolutely.
1: Um, Yep. And building habits and all that stuff. Yes, But the hormones for sure. Are
0: you working with hormones with your clients?
1: Um, No, that would be something I would outsource if needed.
0: Got it. I think that what you're doing with your clients by cleaning up their diets and helping them uh, navigate certain choices are probably balancing slash optimizing their hormones anyways, where they may not need an endocrinologist or a hormone replacement therapist to help. Um, and I'm sure you've seen that with the results that you get. Tell me, uh, yeah, go
1: ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I kind of think of this as like the pyramid of importance. And I think oftentimes a lot of us are starting at the top of the pyramid with things like, again, supplements, hormones. When, if we start at the bottom of the pyramid on some things like say, even just total, you know, uh, caloric intake, we're going to see improvements. Um, so for, uh, something like say even like thyroid, right? Where, Oh man, I'm not losing weight because of my thyroid. That would be an up the pyramid issue that very well could be the case. But if you haven't solved the down the issue, uh, pyramid problem, the base, which is your total caloric load, like start there before you go up. Right.
0: Can you explain what do you mean by caloric load as far as the quantity or the quality of food you're taking in?
1: So the quantity and, um, You know, I'm a big believer in the quality of food we eat is extremely important to our overall health, our well-being, how we feel. But at the end of the day, total calories are going to be a bigger or are really going to be the starting point of weight loss or weight gain. Um, Your body, you could eat poor quality food and still lose weight. Um, I don't recommend it, but so starting with total calories in versus calories out at the end of the day is going to be the biggest determinant of weight gain or weight loss.
0: Got it. You know, that's going to be something that's foreign for a lot of people to hear. Um, How do you, how do you take your client through this process uh, for them to understand what they should be ingesting based on their goals?
1: Um, Well, you know, I think it's really important to point out as much as I focus there on that quantity is the kind of king when it comes to weight gain or weight loss. Also recognize that quality tends to dictate the quantity that you eat. And for example, if you give me bread, (laughs) I want to eat all the bread. Yep, I've seen it. <laughs> right. If you give me say vegetables and salmon, um, as much as I enjoy that when I'm full, I don't tend to overeat. So the quality of food, right? Like how many people have started and told themselves they're gonna have two Oreos and had eight. Um, <laughs> and we can go into the science of how that is. And I think that's extremely important, um, from an emotional mental standpoint, uh, to understand that how processed foods are manufactured to almost for, almost, almost force you to overconsume them. So there is a quality, uh, a quality piece at play, but I do think it starts with awareness. It doesn't mean you have to track calories, but you need to have some way of auditing how much you are taking in. So you could track calories. You could use an app. You could photo journal. You could simply write it down. Um, you could use something like hand measuring or some type of portion control to get an idea of what are the, the total amount of calories that you are eating. Right. Um, so then you can make some adjustments.
0: i th- I absolutely love the analogy where you're, you're not going to eat four pieces of salmon, but she will crush a half a loaf of bread.
1: <laughs> oh, I, 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 put this out there for people. Um, I'm really honest with this because I've realized there is a, for people who are struggling with maybe weight goals and some of the health ramifications that have come from those weight goals, there is a huge emotional component. Um, and I see a lot of, unfortunately, Um, self-esteem issues that come with that right like if you're struggling and you got to remove a lot of that emotion from it and step back and just kind of assess the data and uh, and understand even somebody like myself who you know is a fitness professional i will eat an entire loaf of bread in one day easily (laughs) like a cinnamon raisin loaf of bread I will smoke that whole thing in a day, easily, (laughs) almost every time, because my toaster has four holes, so I put four (laughs) pieces in, of course, and then that wasn't quite enough, so I put two more, but then those other two holes look lonely, so you put two, and I'm at eight, I'm already halfway through, it's breakfast.
0: (laughs) And I have been around, see, I've seen you, let's say, eat three, four, I don't even know, cookies in a night, maybe way more than that, but I also (laughs) seen you the next day. And I have seen the effect it has on you the next day. It's almost as if you're like massively hung over from drinking too much alcohol, but you have this horrible response to eating this type of food.
1: Totally. And which, so then that begs the question, like, Hey, idiot, what are you doing? Why are you eating that? Mm-hmm. And, and this really does come down to, for people who have also maybe struggled with this and I'll give some like tangible tactics of how you navigate this understanding. And, and there's I won't go into too much of it when you can read an article called the extraordinary science of addictive junk food. This is like, ground floor required reading for all all the all the people i coach Mm -hmm. and it breaks down the science of of how manufactured foods are made to be a way to be so hyper palatable that they're extremely hard to say no to and and to sum it up every processed food is manufactured on something called the bliss curve and when you think of that word bliss that's an interesting word to use bliss is like orgasmic it's 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 a really interesting word and they have all these different levers levers from the salt, the sugar, the amount of fat, the amount of, uh, of pressure required by your teeth to break the chip mm-hmm. that creates the perfect amount of bliss. Got it. So it's extremely easy to overeat on those foods. Um, and I think they're probably the biggest determinant of people's weight gain, which is hypercalorie, so high calorie, low satiety foods. So foods that do not make you feel but also bring in a lot of calorie. So there's a really simple framework that I use clients to navigate this because to say, hey, never have it is probably not a great starting point for people either. And so it's, you don't use willpower to exercise moderation as an eating strategy because you know how that ends up. You take the two Oreos and turn it into eight. Yeah. You use willpower to exercise moderation as a buying strategy. So when you occasionally every once a week or every week and a half or two weeks or whatever, whenever that occasion that comes, you buy a single serving size of whatever the thing is that you want. Right. If you want ice cream? Go get a single scoop at the ice cream shop, <laughs> but don't have the half a gallon of Ben and Jerry or Briars in your freezer because you know what happened. Well said.
0: You're a, uh, I was any chance where can they find, where can the listeners find this article? Is it on your site or can you direct them anywhere uh, that,
1: um, that is on the New York times. So I would just Google the extraordinary science of addictive junk food. It's really eye Um, but I don't have that on my site. Got it.
0: Well, let's talk about, um, why you got into healthcare, um, uh, and, and then your creation of live great lifestyle and the lives you're changing as a result of
1: it. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I think like a lot of, um, people that were into sport, that was kind of my intro. Um, I grew up playing sports, was never a phenomenal athlete, just, you know, average, average athlete, um, went to school for business and was sitting in a business accounting class and realized I absolutely hate everything about this (laughs) and, uh, thought about the things that I was doing in my spare time, which was exercise and reading about nutrition and thought, man, maybe I should direct my attention here. Um, got a kinesiology degree, which is the, which is a degree in exercise science of the study of movement. Um, and then. Uh, did personal training, and then actually for the listeners, me and Sean's uh, paths crossed, and uh, I was you know fortunate enough to come out and actually work with Sean, and uh, he's somebody I get to, to consider mentor and friend, and uh, you know worked there for three years doing corrective exercise, helping people who've been in car accidents, which really kind of circled or ch- shifted my thoughts on how to approach exercise from both a safe but also an effective way because when you work with somebody who's really banged up and you can get them moving properly Mm -hmm. uh, and you do that with somebody who's not all injured, you can get some really phenomenal results. Um, And where I'm at today, as far as with the lift, great lifestyle, I found there was a missing piece when I was doing what would be personal training where people were looking for, I want to lose weight. I want to get in shape. I want to look better. I want to feel better. All these amazing things that come with it. I didn't get like the lasting results. And I realized, The personal training model, where the only way you're willing to do a workout is with your trainer, is too pacifying. There's not a level of empowerment that comes there. And so today, now I do my coaching is a little more involved in the mindset and more involved in habits. Um, And now it's helping guys step into more of a lifestyle that includes exercise, nutrition, and building out frameworks so they um, can integrate these things and actually keep it up for the long haul. Um, so, so that's really where I'm at, and then of course the Live Great Lifestyle podcast kind of accompanies that. And it's bringing on experts like you to talk, you know, chiropractic, um, talk wellness. Uh, I've had Navy Seals on to talk mindset. I've had professional fighters at the highest level talk about nerves. Um, so anybody who uh, you know, I've had blind hikers. Like if you want to expand what you think is possible, listen to Randy Pierce talking about being blind and hiking every peak in New Hampshire in one season. Incredible. And so. So the goal of the show is to really stretch people's capacity of what they think they can do and then give them, you know, tactical and tangible tools to, to step into that greater potential.
0: You have fantastic guests. Every time you put out, a, put out a post that you have a new guest on, I'm scratching my head and being like, that's incredible. What an amazing person to have on your show. And uh, you guys get in a great conversation. So strongly suggest uh, subscribing to Live Great Lifestyle. It's a lot of fun to listen to.
1: Thanks, uh, man. Yeah. It's really nice for me because I get to just um, rub shoulders with r- people that are way smarter than me. <laughs> yeah, get it. I'm always trying to do it.
0: Well, you bring up a good point. Um, one is that you have these uh, – I'm around a lot of personal trainers, so what I'm saying here is not a, a bash on personal trainers. You just take it to the next level. When you have you, – we've all seen this. Somebody that has been seeing a personal trainer three times a week for let's say six months, but that person literally – looks and sometimes feels the same but they're developing that habit and routine of going which is better than not going but aren't necessarily getting the result and what you're doing and what we do as well is we look at the whole body and we just don't say let's lift weights 3 times a week an hour each session and hope for the best and i think that's what what's unique about you is you've you've recognized the weakness in that system and you've and you've made that change and you created this live great lifestyle, which is a great name and you're making changes sometimes face to face as well as virtually. Uh, so congratulations yeah, with that.
1: Well, thank you. And it's, it's, you know, it's super rewarding because as you know, like when you're doing the, in the trenches, like one-on-one work, which you've done, you know, thousands of hours as, as, as and you've had tremendous successes, but then you've also seen the people that struggle and it's, you know, it, it really, you know, it's heartbreaking when you have somebody that obviously that you want to help. Um, And people, I think, in our field, like, we thrive on the wins, right? Like, we want to see people have success, have transformation, get better, whether it's, you know, even just something like, hey, your back hurts, which is, by the way, how I met Sean was an incredible injury that he helped me through. Um, And so to to see people who are putting in effort but struggling to get the result and realizing this isn't the right approach. And, And the big one came for me one day was I was working with a client, who I'll call him John for this, he had uh, lost a bunch of weight, put it back on, and I was training him in person, and he goes, well, this is easy for you because you're a fitness guy. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, John, you're, you're doing the same workouts that I do, because philosophy-wise, you might use different loads, of course. You're going to get the same nutritional frameworks that I do because I'm teaching them to you. I'm like, you're a fitness guy. You're doing it. But he never stepped into it. He never t- truly took on the identity of it and uh and, and through that those extra actions and extra decisions that need to be made throughout the week like will i have this starbucks latte with the caramel topping or just maybe uh you know a black coffee like those weren't able to fall into place because he never fully stepped into it from both an identity and, and and taking it on to to i hate to sound too woo but he didn't become that person he was still john 1.0 trying to execute on 2.0 activities
0: that's right. And you know, if you go and live great lifestyle, you'll see Luke. And uh, Luke is obviously extremely fit, but to live a life of fitness and live a life of health, you don't have to look like Luke DeProne. You can that can be it could be just your way of living. That is a healthy way of life. And what I love about people that make these lifestyle changes is that they inspire other people to do the same without them even knowing. It's a it's incredible how it how it cycles where uh, you're being watched and when people are making drastic changes other people are like I can do that too or I should be doing that too and it affects families it affects friends and so overall general health will trickle down to others so you're making huge impacts on society by fixing yourself which I love.
1: I, I, I couldn't dude. I, I absolutely love love hearing that and I want to follow up with something real quick that you said um, that you don't have to you know the, the idea of what it takes from this lifestyle. You know, my my company, my podcast, my coaching, it's called Live Great Lifestyle, not Live Great Fitness. Mm-hmm. And the reason is fitness should highlight, life, highlight your life, not take over it. I actually have a hard time in a marketing sense because to me, the idea of like doing a bodybuilder show where you need to get on stage, paint yourself orange and be in a speedo, flexing, like you don't have to do that. No. The majority of advice coming to people who want to make these shifts are coming from what I would call more athletes and extreme fitness professionals. I truly believe it is in like our God given human right as an animal, as a human animal to be healthy and fit and that everything that is required to get to a, to a, to a point of vibrancy, of, of feeling amazing and looking great is well within everybody's capacity. You don't have to go to this above and beyond athletic competition, live in the gym Uh, standpoint. Like that's not where, where this transformation takes place. It takes place in much more just foundational fundamental habits that I think everybody can install in their life. Yeah. And
0: that, I I speak about this a lot and I want to get into it now and get your, your uh, opinion on it. If I can ask you a question, do you think we have uh, a marketing issue or health advice issue in our country?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. Um, Probably both. Um, but the one that I harp on a lot would be the marketing side. Um, it, I, it, it's quite problematic. And what you see right now is I see tools that are marketed as solutions. And if you can navigate the, the landscape with that thought process as like kind of your guide, like, hey, is this a tool or is this the solution? Most people are trying to market a tool as a solution. Take, um, a, a turmeric or cucurum uh, supplement, whatever the, I'm saying that wrong, but that helps with inflammation. Right. And yes, like that could help you with inflammation if you had turmeric in your diet. However, the marketing on that supplement itself generally is going to come across as the reason that you have not lost weight is because of the inflammation that this turmeric will fix for you. And therefore, you will melt off the weight. Right. So now we're melting weight. And so I think the marketing is extremely damaging to people. And I think it's, um, I think it's problematic because if you're somebody who's tried something like, say, a seven-day jumpstart or a whatever crash diet or whatever, and you don't have success with it, I think you start to build the identity that you are overweight, that you are unhealthy, and that you cannot see improvement when the reality is the tactic that you took. Would never have led to that outcome, and that's where I think the marketing gets really dangerous and damaging to people because I think it creates this, um, it confirms an identity that's unfortunately disempowering and not true.
0: That is, that's very deep in a sense of uh, we don't think about the the consequences of what we're doing to our society by allowing this type of marketing because marketing leads to choices and choices lead to consequences. And sometimes these consequences lead to, lead to entitled behavior of saying, well, my doctor will fix me, or that's why I have insurance, which doesn't lead us to be proactive in helping ourselves, make sure that we don't suffer from one to five chronic diseases before we die. And it's not, I tell people it's not their fault. It's, we have no chance to beat that system. There's billions of dollars a year pumped into it to make sure we believe this and think this way and feed ourselves this way. And mm-hmm. we have to be proactive in saying it's not okay. I'm going to make a change. I'm going to find the right person to give me the health advice that makes sense for myself. And totally, uh, that's why we exist.
1: Yep. I think of it as, I uh, like <laughs> you're either going to do prehab or rehab, but they often look the same. So you could do it now from like your state of you know maybe challenged health, or you can continue down, continue down the path, and you can do it from a place where you're you're forced to, where like, hey, you know, diabetes is is right around the corner, which could possibly lead to like a leg amputation. Mm -hmm. Like, is that going to light the fire to find the solution? The further you go down that path, unfortunately, now you're starting to get into, and this is not to rag on the medical system, but now you're getting involved with, man, like doctors who are oftentimes going to be overwhelmed and aren't going to be able to spend tons of time with their patients. And uh, it's like, ooh, I'd rather go down the prehab side than the rehab side all mm-hmm. every day of the week. Absolutely.
0: And I love that you said that it's not the doctor's fault. It is a bad system. It's a broken system, but they don't have time to spend with their client to understand who they are, what they're up against their health, their detailed health history. It's basically a superficial look with a prescription or some procedure. And I think what yep. we do different is that we spend countless hours with our clients. We spend, I mean, if you broke it all down days, uh, being with them to help them to get them better and to nurture them, to make sure that they know they're supported and that we co-labor together. And that it's a shoulder to shoulder journey to get them to where they need to be. So they have a lifestyle and lifetime change of health, which again trickles down to the rest of their family and friends.
1: Absolutely, man. The, yeah. And, and again, to, to, to say it, you gotta gotta be a little bit different, right? Like what's the norm in the United States particularly? It's like, well, it's overstressed o- overweight, um, like, don't go down that normal path. you are gonna have to do something a little bit different, and that might even be looking for, you know, different mentors, different avenues, um, different areas of help. And and they do exist. Obviously, you guys are doing great work. Um, you know, there's gonna be other coaches and, and other ways for people to to help and assist. But um, it does come down to that deciding that you are going to solve this, um, that it is, you know, a worthwhile endeavor because it is going to take some effort. Um, avoiding all of the quick fix nonsense that does not exist and is not real, no matter how good the marketing is. Um, I'm going to go on a tiny, brief little rant, but I wrote an article for the Huffington post where I faked a before and after transformation photo. I'm sure you've, Mm -hmm. I've showed these to you before, Sean. And I asked people how long they think the before and after photo is. And the average guess is about six months. And I used no Photoshop. I didn't do any editing. All I did was just go into bad posture. And then I did a workout, got pumped up and kind of flexed. And I looked, I looked significantly different. And I wrote this article as I always had this suspicion that marketers for programs and gym equipment, supplements, were using this type of marketing. And what's a funny thing happened after that. All of a sudden, I about three or four times, I had Facebook notify me that I've been, if, it wa- if I wanted to be tagged in a photo. And I go and click on the notification and there's a marketer who has stolen <laughs> my fake transformation photo and is using to market their supplement. Oh I just had it happen the other day. So uh, I took that same photo. This is literally like three days ago I did this. I took that same photo. I ran a reverse Google image search and I found about 12 websites selling peptides. I saw a guy selling coaching who's using that photo. And that's just one. That's incredible. <laughs> so – if it sounds too good to be true, it is. But in the same sentence, I would also follow up with, it is not as hard as what most people make it out to be. It is 100% within your capacity to write the ship, to get healthy, to get fit. And all of the amazing things that come with that, the energy, um, the, the vitality, better sex life. Like there's so many rewards that are all going to be just for you. And it's all within everybody's capacity to, to step into it.
0: And it's fun. It's they getting the right information. If, you know, I think a lot of people procrastinate because like, I don't know where to start or if I do start, am I doing it right? And next thing you know, it's a week later and they haven't done anything. And it's a matter of finding that coach, uh, that mentor that can help guide you to something that can be very rewarding and satisfying that can change your life forever. And, uh, that's why we're here. I guess a good question to ask you right now is, um, who's been inspiring you lately or do you currently have a mentor that you're working with?
1: Um, well, you know, it's funny, I, I, I get asked this uh, on a podcast I was on the other day, and I think of there's the in-person, the the, the real world inspiration, and then I have like online inspiration. Um, so I'll answer it from both of those. My online inspiration, like the gurus, if you will, uh, somebody that, that I that I like to listen to uh, is Tom Bilyeu. Um Tom Bilyeu, it was the owner of in, um, Quest Nutrition and... Really inspiring guy. I love to listen to his podcast on the mindset stuff. He brings on experts in nutrition and all these other areas that um, are good as well, but him as an individual and his ideas and thoughts on growth mindset are incredibly inspiring and insightful. And I uh, would encourage people to check that out. And then honestly, I draw a lot of inspiration from the people I work with. And this is where Sean, I know you'll get this, that, when somebody's struggling and they turn it around, there's a reason everybody rants about, you know, when somebody gets fit, they start posting their recipes, they start posting their workouts, but geez, we get it. Mm-hmm. You like CrossFit, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason they're posting about it is because they feel incredible. And uh, to give an example, I have a guy right now I'm working with who, um, you know, he got into cycling and he just did a three-day 350 mile ride and had never ridden longer than 100 miles um i got a buddy who's down 150 pounds and he's lost the weight because he's inspired to like i want to cry when i think about it but it's his one-year-old you know he had a little heart thing he felt at the park and thought i gotta be there for my kid like that kind of stuff inspires the hell out of me and then uh, i'll put you on the spot and, and let everybody know that i still to this day consider you to be one of my uh Key mentors. I don't do as much of the structural in-person stuff anymore, but obviously, time we spent together, working together, and as a friend, I definitely put you in that camp as well. Thanks. Not to give you a big head. <laughs> <That's> okay. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, the
0: uh, I'd like to. If you have, uh, do you have any future guests coming up on your podcast that you'd like to share with us?
1: Um, right now, uh, I have somebody coming on to do breath work. Um, I'm really trying to get uh, – you know who Andrew uh, Hubberman is? I might be saying it wrong. Hubberman, he said yes, and he was supposed to come on, but then he went on Joe Rogan, so uh, he might have got a little too big for me. <laughs> um, I've, I've got a, a professional uh, boxer coming on. Um, so, yeah, i got, I got a couple good people in the, in the works. Um, no, no one right off the top of my head, though, that I'm going to brag up. If, if somebody's looking for a cool episode, one that I really do like to point people to is um, James Nestor, who wrote Breathe, was on New York Times bestselling um, book. And uh, it's all about breath work. And it's a really kind of foundational piece of health that I think a lot of us, myself included, are overlooking. And it's a really accessible tool for things like stress, um, which I think is a, I think stress is a leap domino for a lot of people. And even below that, to have a tool like breath, work something you can do in your chair to work on that is really really impactful yep
0: well I respect everything that you have said today I appreciate your time obviously I know you're extremely busy and uh, what started off as a working relationship between the two of us uh, I'm very thankful to call you a very close friend so thank you for everything and um, hope to be on your podcast again sometime soon
1: Um, anytime man you know that All right, Lou. Have
0: a great rest of the day. All right. Later.